from the News Channel 5 Network. This is the Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. Welcome to Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour, where we explore the many issues that arise due to aging, disability, and unexpected illness. I'm your co-host, Tim Tecus, and today we're talking about the major problem of opioids and opioid addictions. And I'm Barbara McGinnis. We hear about the opioid crisis in the news all the time. And we wonder how does that affect our seniors, not just opioid addictions, but other addictions. And to hear, to hear with us this morning, to start the conversation, we're gonna talk with Special Agent um, Thomas Farmer. And, and you have a really long title, Special Agent in Charge of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation and Director of the Tennessee Dangerous Drug Task Force. Sounds very impressive, welcome. Um, some people don't even realize that they've been prescribed an, op an opioid. Can you just start by telling us what, what they are? What are some common drugs that we interact with? Right, some of the most common uh, that w most people will be familiar with would be a hydrocodone. Uh, and this also happens to be one of the most common, commonly abused or diverted. And the more of those that are prescribed or, or dispensed obviously increases the risk for potential for diversion. So you have hydrocodone, Percocets, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, uh, the list could go on and on all the way up to some semi-synthetic opioids and probably the most uh, severe of those or the strongest of those would be what we're seeing a lot of issues with was, is fentanyl. Mm -hmm. oh. All right, and so as I understand, we were talking just before we came mm -hmm. on, is the pathway for people to get on these is mostly they're prescribed them for pain management? Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't probably start with the pain management all the way uh, up to that level, but it, would, it could be an injury. It could be uh, the thing with opioids is it, it's, that's why it affects and impacts so many individuals because one, we have to know the history of that individual or that person needs to know their family's mm -hmm. history in terms of addiction. Right. Uh, but yes, it could have began with an injury uh, it could have been with a simple injury where an opioid is prescribed, or it could just be someone uh, taking the advice. Uh, they have a headache or they have something hard or something's hurting, and they take the advice of a family member or a friend or whom they think is a friend and say, here, take this, it's okay, which is unfortunately a very common common method for diversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so... And as a result of this, the uh, United States is like number one in the world in opioid use? Uh, unfortunately, we are number one in the world by a long way. Uh, uh, the most prescribed opioid, according to uh, the International Narcotics Control Board of 2015, projections for 17, or 2017 uh, projections, consumption projections, uh, yes, hydrocodone with acetaminophen would be the number one prescribed in the world. Uh, and the United States way shadows, overshadows every other country in consumption um, in all hydrocodone. And then if you get to all opioid use, it's somewhere between estimated between 50 and 80% of the world's production of opioids. Uh, the most commonly used uh, oxycodone, hydrocodone, mm -hmm. oxymorphone, uh, all the way down to methadone, uh, we would consume between 50 and 80% of the world's Productions. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. So the the reason we're at the top of the list, which is a, a maybe a bad list to be on, <laughs> or at least, um, is, is because of prescribing practices. It sounds like. Is that right? 
combination prescribing practices, obviously, you know, we, we're learning a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the, the makings of the perfect storm, mm -hmm. uh, which is, unfortunately, we have, uh, we have the pharmaceutical industry that has produced a, 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 a wide variety of medications that have a lot of applications and a lot of use. Production capabilities are extremely, extremely high. Mm -hmm. um, marketing, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately the TV, we get a lot of information from, from who we are, what we are, what we're prescribed, and, and so it's a, it's a perfect storm. Unfortunately, a lot of information, and then we do have bad prescribing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And honestly, the, the, the medical industry, or the healthcare industry, probably didn't have uh, all of the accurate in, information. And then thirdly, how the methods of which we obtain those. Um, Price availability, perception of risk, and public attitude are the most, that is the makings for mm -hmm. a perfect storm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you've got uh, healthcare paying for those prescriptions, uh, and so you have a means to achieve those or obtain those without necessarily any high cost to you. Right. All of those combining make a, a perfect storm. Right. Storm. So let's talk about Tennessee. So where, do, where does Tennessee rank? In the, in the United States and uh, opioid use. Uh, unfortunately, if you again you, you look at the United States and the United States is number one in the world by a long shot. Uh -huh. uh, Tennessee, at the last time I looked at the numbers, it looks like we're number four on prescribed opioids uh, for the nation per capita. So I, I want to preface that by saying Tennessee's made a lot of progress. We mm -hmm. really have uh, in the last several years. Made a lot of progress. We're making progress. But one thing that we have to remind ourselves is even though we're making a lot of progress and our problem seems so high, and it is, mm -hmm. the ceiling was very high to begin with. Mm -hmm. So we have a much, uh, much farther trip, a much longer road to, to go than may, mm. maybe some of the other states. So mm -hmm. the other is, is, quite frankly, law enforcement's had to, it's been a, a learning curve for me too, teaming up with, this is not only a public safety issue, it's a public health issue, yeah. and we, mm -hmm. we have to be very cautious and careful not to move too fast. Mm -hmm. Legislation could, yes, we could curb the amounts that could be prescribed, or we could, we could uh, wave a magic wand and say, this is gonna be the new levels. Unfortunately, we have a lot of folks that are way above those levels, and so we have to have the resources that are in place to treat those and offer treatment, offer mm -hmm. prevention, and mm -hmm. then offer enforcement and balance all of those in right. a comprehensive method. Yeah. So what would you say, what are the largest age groups that have been affected by this? That, that's, a, that's a moving target. Okay. Uh, obviously those that are most common uh, are gonna be the ones that are, that are taking uh, the chances for riskier behavior. And so, yes, our younger groups, uh, up to the, the, the 18 to 26 and then up. But this, again, is another category where we're changing the, the trend. Mm -hmm. And so that is the areas where we have focused a lot of efforts, and I'm saying we, the state, health, mm -hmm. mental health, mm -hmm. and substance abuse mm -hmm. and law enforcement, trying to go after those, because that's also going to be the potential future. So we have to look at the youth, to make sure that we stop this uh, cycle of addiction and abuse. Mm -hmm. And then we have to look at those most affected age groups, which are going to be uh, 14 all the way up to 34. Wow. And then 
uh, we already have a highly addicted group and we have to consider our elderly. Yeah. Our, um, so are you seeing a lot of elderly now? Absolutely. There, there's no question. And, and it mm -hmm. may be just a misconception or a misinformation. They're not, they don't realize that they, they suffer from it. We mm -hmm. do get those calls from, uh, from the grand, grandchildren yeah. uh, or the children saying, you know, I, my, my mother, my father, my grandfather, he's 78, 80 years old, he's taken all of his medication, and all of a sudden he thinks that we've done something that we're being uh, cruel to him and we won't, we won't get him any more medication. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. he may have a problem. problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So, in particular, what are, the, what are the things that we're doing in Tennessee, in particular, to combat this uh, uh, yeah. crisis? I think implementing first a comprehensive approach at it, balancing health, safety, mental health, and looking at all of those elements. We have to, we have to look at prevention. We have to consider and remember prevention. We can treat. Uh, we have to look at treatment. I think from the law enforcement, my side of it, uh, we hear all the time, well, you're not going to arrest your way out of it. Trust me, law enforcement knows that. We coined that phrase a long time mm -hmm. ago. But I don't want to give the misconception. Let's not go too far with that. Law enforcement has to be and is an important element of this. You have to have the balance. You mm -hmm. have to have a comprehensive. So you have to have characterized as the carrot and the stick yeah. in this for long-term solutions. Um, implementing guidelines to mm -hmm. educate. I think the Department of Health and, and, and Legislature did a good job with implementing some guidelines, chronic pain guidelines. Mm -hmm. We continue those to educate prescribers to inform them. The Controlled Substance Monitoring Database was mm -hmm. a huge asset yeah. just to get the information back to those prescribers and many of them just were not aware of the levels or how they compared to their peers. Okay, I think, are we gonna put their con are your contact information yes. up? We're gonna put yes. that up really, really quick. 423-752-1479. Mm -hmm. Special Agent Farmer, thanks for being here. And so stay with us when we return. In addition to opioids, we will be discussing other drug and alcohol addictions that affect seniors. Don't go away. Mm -hmm. 